I want, I want, I want me, 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 mine, 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 now, now, now. You know you're responsible for what you hear. You know you're responsible for what you hear. and welcome to Thoughts from the Hairy Head, the weekly podcast where I talk about, well, whatever happens to be bouncing around inside my head at the moment, but mostly focusing on constitutional issues and political decentralization. This is episode 83 of Thoughts from the Hairy Head, and I appreciate you tuning in. This week, I'm going to talk about Obamacare 2.0. So as I'm sure you've probably heard, the Republicans rolled out their Obamacare repeal and replace bill this week. A couple of things were absent from it, namely the repeal and the replace. Uh, Basically, what the Republicans have done is rebranded Obamacare. I think Justin Amash got it right. It's Obamacare 2.0. There is no repeal. And the provisions that they're going to replace certain provisions with, they're awful too. Over at the Tenth Amendment Center, we've published a report. It was actually written by Michael Cannon of the Cato Institute. And I think it gives the best overview that I've seen of what exactly is in this Republican health care plan. And I will link to that on the show notes page. So if you haven't Uh, gotten a good sense of of what this new Republican health care plan looks like, Uh, you can read that and it'll give you a pretty good idea. I think the most important thing to note is that under the Constitution, there should be no replace. It should be just repeal. And, you know, I remember when Obamacare was passed, the Republicans were screaming, oh, this is unconstitutional. Well, if it's unconstitutional, then you have an obligation to get rid of it. Now, don't you? Not replace it with something else that's equally unconstitutional, you know? And that seems to be the Republican modus operandi. You know, we'll scream about something's a constitutionality when the Democrats do it, but Republican unconstitutionality is cool because I guess Republicans are better at, I don't know, it's ridiculous. When Republicans start talking to you about the Constitution, you probably should just roll your eyes at them and walk away because for the most part, they don't really care. Beyond the constitutionality, I'm not quite sure why anybody would want the federal government monopolizing health care to begin with. Uh, The other day, I went over to the DMV. I had to get my driver's license renewed. And as I was sitting there in the uncomfortable plastic chair waiting for an eternity to get my permission to drive in the state of Kentucky, it occurred to me that basically this represents this exact same institution that we want to run healthcare. 
And, and really, it's the height of arrogance. And whether it's Republican arrogance or Democratic Party arrogance, it's arrogance nonetheless. This idea that a bunch of bureaucrats and politicians can come up with a system to run health care for you know, 300 plus million people. It's absolutely absurd. You know, I just can't wrap my head around in why anybody would think this is a good idea. Nevertheless, here we are. We, we have what we have, and what we have is um, a Republican monstrosity to replace the Democrat monstrosity. So here are a few important things that uh, Michael Cannon revealed in his article that I just want to highlight real quick, um, some features of the new Republican plan. First, it actually expands Obamacare by appropriating funding for the law's so-called cost-sharing subsidies. This is something that previous Congresses refused to do, but now that we have a Republican president, we're going to go ahead and do it. So, you know, the repeal and replace is actually uh, don't repeal and expand. Um, the Republican plan also keeps some of the worst parts of Obamacare. It retains the regulations that are threatening to destroy the health insurance markets to begin with. Uh, all of this onerous, you know, you must cover this and you must not do that. All of this insurance regulation stuff, that's all still going to be there. The, you know, the stuff that's driving premiums up. And then number three, the mandate stays. Now, Technically, they are repealing the individual mandate, but they're really just replacing it with, with higher taxes for people who don't have insurance. So what's the difference? Well, nothing, at least not practically speaking. So that's what we have. It's a horrible plan, and it's not going to work. In fact, you know, I actually think that this might be worse than Obamacare. Obamacare 2.0 might actually be a downgrade. You know, it might be as like it might be like new Coke is to old Coke. Um, I, I don't think we're getting something this better. So the question becomes, what are we going to do about it? Clearly, we cannot depend on the federal government to fix this. I've been saying this all along. I said months ago that Congress was never actually going to repeal Obamacare or significantly change it. And if they did, that they would replace it with something equally onerous and unconstitutional. And, you know, it's not that I'm some kind of fortune teller or anything. I mean, it's just common sense. Uh, I think it should be like one of the uh, universal laws. Washington, D.C. will never fix Washington, D.C. So what do we do? Well, we're going to have to take some action at the state level because no matter what you might think about Obamacare or federal health care in general, whether you're for it, against it, the truth of the matter is this is an unsustainable system. We are 20-some trillion dollars in debt. There is no way in the world that over the long haul the federal government is going to be able to keep sustaining all of these programs. Even Medicare and Medicaid, they're a complete disaster. And what we're doing is we're creating more of that. So something is going to have to be done. Congress isn't going to do anything about it. That leaves it to the states. Thankfully, there are things that the states can do. And the first thing is to simply refuse to cooperate with implementation of Obamacare 2.0. We've been saying all along since Obamacare was passed that states can make the whole system collapse. States can 
effectively nullify Obamacare by simply refusing to help implement and run the programs. And this is perfectly legitimate. The Supreme Court has held consistently since 1842 that the federal government cannot require states to use their resources and their personnel to implement federal programs or enforce federal law. The states don't have to help. The federal government can run a national health care by itself if it wants to run a national health care. So by simply refusing to cooperate, states can undermine Obamacare 2.0 and effectively collapse it. We can repeal it without actually having to have Congress repeal it simply by letting it fall in on itself. Secondly, states can take actions to encourage alternative ways of doing health care. For instance, a number of states have passed laws to encourage direct primary care agreements, which are some call, sometimes called medical retainer agreements. Uh, basically, states have passed laws that stipulate that these agreements do not constitute insurance, thereby freeing doctors and patients from the onerous requirements and regulations under the state insurance codes. These direct primary care agreements allow patients to pay a monthly fee and then access uh, basic medical care. Dr. Josh Umber runs a direct primary care practice in the state of Kansas. He charges a flat rate of, I think it's like 60 bucks. There may be some difference based on age. But he says that any procedure we can do in the office is included free of charge because that's what the membership is covering just like any equipment in the gym is included at the base membership price. So, stitches, biopsies, joint injections, ultrasounds, bone scans, lung scans, urine testing, strep throat testing, minor surgical procedures, all included for free. So this covers basically all of your normal, routine medical care. On top of that, Dr. Umber says he gets incredible discounts on things like chemo drugs and, and bigger things. So amazing cost savings by getting outside of the system. This represents the kind of cost control Obamacare promised but failed to deliver. And if you have your basic medical care covered by something like a direct primary care agreement, then you only need insurance for the catastrophic events, you know, like if you get run over by a bus. And really, that's what insurance is supposed to be for, right? You don't buy car insurance to cover your oil changes. And that's the kind of system we've evolved into in the United States. So the bottom line is, there are market solutions, creative solutions to delivering health care but we are so caught up in this traditional insurance employer system that is subsidized and supported and perpetuated by the federal government that these types of market solutions can't ever develop. That's why we need state action like these bills that encourage direct primary care. We need to encourage free market solutions. And as in individuals, we need to pursue these free market solutions. We need more of that, not Obamacare, not Obamacare 2.0, not Obamacare 3.0. We need market solutions. We need to get the federal government out. Well, that's it for this episode of Thoughts from Meharry Head. We're another 10 minutes closer to freedom. I really appreciate you listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, please do me a favor and spread the word. And feel free to send me any thoughts or ideas at michael.meharry at tenthamendmentcenter.com. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you can do it over at iTunes for free. Thanks again for listening, 
and I'll talk to you next week.